Good evening. All right, you guys are alive. I can hear you. <laughs> Hello. Last time I was up here, I made a joke about the weather, about how I was going to snap my snow shovel because we were done with the cold, and then like four days later, it snowed again. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut <laughs> and hope that this weather breaks and gets warm again because it felt good for those three days of spring we had, and I want them back. We've been talking about... Um, Thanks, Todd. <laughs> We've been talking about <laughs> my story. And then we, each week we talk about four disciplines that they use to uh, help you write the, the life story that God wants you to live. And we started out the, the sermon series and we talked about starting uh, keystone habits. Those are habits that are good to form, like flossing your teeth. When you floss your teeth, you have a good day. Everything's good. If you forget to floss your teeth... You get cut off in traffic, and before you know it, you're arrested because you're in fight. Second week, we talked about stopping anything that's hindering yourself, your story from being told, and those are all those secret sins that go on in our life. And last week, Blake talked about staying in prayer, staying in church, and then tonight, I'm going to be talking about going forward in your faith. And before I start, I'm going to apologize because I work night shift. And so I got off really late last night. And so to get me home, I drank an energy drink. And so I got two hours of sleep. So right now I have another energy drink in me, and I got the Holy Spirit pulsating through my body. <laughs> so if I start talking fast, you just need to be like, slow down. But, you know, we all tell a story. And some of our stories have many seasons in life. Uh, some are good, some are bad. And I was thinking about... How to start my, 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 my series tonight, and I love movies. How many people love to watch movies? Good, I'm not the only one. And so we, I came up with some uh, examples of different things about how people tell their story. And the first couple that I was going to talk about, these are inspirational stories that uh, people triumph over difficult situations in life. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is the movie Blindside. How many people have seen Blindside? Good, a lot of you. And basically, it's a story about Big Mike, who has a lot of issues growing up, and he has, uh, didn't have a good start in life. And so basically, he started with his chips down. And then God put so many people in his life to help him along. The second one is the uh, pursuit of happiness. How many people have seen that? Not as many. This is a true story um, about a guy named Chris Gardner, who started at the very bottom uh, his, of his life too, he goes through homelessness and he has a child and then God puts certain people in his life and over, he overcomes a lot and he ends up owning his own uh, firm today. The second one that we're going to talk about is personal tragedies. Usually these are like when one person endures one specific thing part of their life and they never give up and they have the attitude and they dig deep to overcome. The and then the first movie that came to my mind was uh, Bethany Hamilton in Soul Surfer. Good movie. She's a Christian girl who is a uh, professional uh, surfer, and she ends up getting her arm bit off by a shark. And then it's a story of how she overcame that, and she actually became uh, back on top to become a champion. And the second one is 127 Hours. This is a little less known story. How many people have seen it? 
like three. <laughs> it's a really cool movie, basically about a guy that's out in um, kind of like the Badlands out west in canyons, and he's hiking, and he's on top of this rock, and he falls, and he gets pinned, his arm pinned between basically a rock and a hard place, and he has to actually cut his arm off with like a little pocket knife. And then, and this is actually a true story also, his name was Aaron Ralston, and he actually had a, a phone with him, and he made videos because he didn't think he was going to make it out and alive. So you can actually go on YouTube and type in Aaron Ralston, and you can actually watch those movies, those videos. Um, but another big thing we're going to be talking about is that decisions you make today determine the stories you're going to tell tomorrow. And these can be little insignificant details that can have a huge impact on your life. And I'm thinking about what kind of movie can I use for this? And then the one that came up, it really wasn't a movie, it's a person. And it's one of my most favorite actors, which is Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> one of the most funniest guys that uh, I've seen in movies, but one day he just was battling personal demons and he had one decision too many in one night and it cost him the rest of his life. He ended up passing away. And I think about like what all the movies that he could have starred in would have made him so much better. And then the second one is not a celebrity, but her name was Courtney Sanford, and this is actually in South Carolina. Do you guys know that song Happy by For Real? For Real? Is that how you say it? Pharrell? Pharrell. I'm not hip, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want me to sing it for you guys. But um, she was actually listening to the radio and she was driving down the road, and so she got on Facebook while she was driving. And she typed in this, the happy song makes me happy. And less than a minute later, she's dead because she wasn't looking and hit head on into a, a semi-truck. And that's just one of those little insignificant decisions that she made. She didn't think, you know, if I type this out, I may not, you know, see the next five minutes. But sometimes they're not all bad because a lot of these insignificant details and these little decisions we make can actually come out good. Um, if we go to the next picture, this is my wife back when she was in junior high. Or I'm sorry, not junior high. She was a junior in high school. And if you guys don't know our story, we actually met on a blind date uh, back in 1996. And if you look at the back of the picture, she wrote, John, you are a very nice person and you're fun to be around. Good luck in your future. Don't lose my picture. <laughs> now, I knew when I first met her, I was like, first of all, I was like, she's hot. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to marry her. And I was right. Apparently, we both didn't share that same thoughts because she wrote, good luck in your future. <laughs> and this is our future <laughs> that we celebrated in 2002 when we got married. And looking back at that, that brings back so many memories of when I could see my cheeks with my mini beard. <laughs> but like back in 96, we were jamming to Macarena. Bone Thugs and Harmony was one of the hit songs. <laughs> we actually, like that, I wanted that to be our wedding song, but she wouldn't let me. <laughs> and we actually went and saw a movie called Cable Guy, which, um, why can't I think of his name? Jim Carrey. He ended up being like one of the first actors to get like $20 million for a movie, and it was that movie there. But to, to, to go on with the, tonight's uh, lesson, we're going to be talking about 
sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it'd be easier to stay. And I was thinking about what I could talk about personally of when I had a chance to go, when it would be easier to stay. And then actually, I, I came up with a couple, but one that I thought would work out better was actually one that wasn't about me. It was about my father. And um, you're going to get a little bit of my history. Um, thank you. My, you know, I'm a product of a failed marriage. My mom and my dad divorced when I was two. And when he was two, he left, and I didn't see him until I ended up turning like 17, 18. And so I grew up with like a lot of hatred and just anger in my heart because I was like, why was I good enough for him to, <laughs> for him to stay around? Um, my father's now passed, so I'm hoping that's not him. Like, no, don't talk about this, John. <laughs> but anyway, and so in 96, I graduated high school, and my mom decided, is it getting in my beard? And my mom decided she was going to send out my father an invitation to my graduation. Not to be nice, she was doing it to be mean, because she was like, you know what, this is going to show him, you know, that you made it without him, and he's going to feel really bad, and that would make her feel really good. <laughs> and so this is one of the first lessons that I learned, that God uses all situations for his glory. Because he took malice from my mom's heart. And when she sent that uh, invitation to him, and when he got it, since then he was, when he left, he was really bad into uh, drugs and alcohol. And he was an over-the-road over trucker. And so he cheated on her a lot. And then, but since then, he uh, found Jesus. And he told me that he was trying to figure out how he was going to reconnect with me. And then this popped up. And so... So 1996, I'm laying on the couch, and I got the remote in my hand, and back then we didn't have infrared. It was a wire <laughs> going to that to the TV. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> and, so, and so I'm sitting there, and I got this, and I'm watching Cosby show, and the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's like, hello, John, this is your father. And I'm like, first of all, I haven't heard those words in, ever. So I'm like, hold on. So I go over, and I turn the volume down, and I'm like, what would you say? And he said, this is your father. I got the invitation. And uh, me and myself and your two sisters are going to come up for your graduation. And I'm like, okay, bye. So I hung up because I'm like, who was that? And so I call my mom up, and she starts freaking out. She's like, oh, I cannot believe he's doing this. She was mad. <laughs> um, but she told me, you know, if you don't want him to come up, just tell me, and I'll, I'll fix it. And I'm like, no, because I want to hash some stuff out with him. I'm, we're going to talk. And so we ended up talking when he came up, and we actually rekindled uh, a lot. We hashed it out for, for about four hours at that TNA truck stop up here in Florence, because he stayed at a place called, I think it was called Night's Inn back in the day. And, but we actually ended up having to uh, rekindle our relationship, and then he was able to see my kids, all of them except Abel, before he passed away. But it really tied my life together because I was so mad and I was able to, you know, rekindle with him and then build that relationship back with him. And then I, I never thought about it, but when I was reading this, this lesson, I was like, man, just thinking of what it takes for him when he's sitting down in Crossville, Tennessee, and he opens up the mail and he gets that thing that says, 
you know, come up to the graduation and just the guts for him to, to go when it'd be so much easier just to throw that thing away. But we're going to look back into the Bible to a couple of um, Old Testament men that face that same, the same issue. And the first one was Abram. And I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Abram, uh, who became known as Abraham, is in Ur of Chaldees. And he's worshiping this moon god called Nanar. Do you guys remember Mork and Mindy? <laughs> Every time I hear this, like I read that moon god Nanar, I always think of Mork and Mindy where it's like, Nanu, Nanu. I know you young guys are like, what? <laughs> Nothing. Go look up on YouTube, it's awesome. But anyway, he's worshiping this, this false god. And then God calls him out. And we're going to be reading from Genesis 12 too. If you have a Bible, you can turn to it, or it's going to be up here on the screen. And it says, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Now, this is God's calling Abram to go to an unfamiliar place. He's basically saying, go from everything that you're, you're comfortable with and I want you to go to this unfamiliar place, and I'm going to make all these things happen through you. And then we start to look at it, and to actually to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. And that's what Abraham was doing. Because sometimes God's going to say, you're not going to get the details. You know, you're not going to get, maybe you can't handle the details. And so, to step towards your destiny, you get away from your security. Abraham had to go away from uh, the house that he grew up in, that he had there, he had to go away from the, the barber that he uses to a place that, uh, <laughs> that he didn't know. And I'm sure Abraham was like, first of all, like, what? How am I going to be built into a, a, a great nation? I have zero kids. And my wife and I were not that young. They were probably like 75 at the time. But God makes a promise in verse 2 and 3 when he says... I will make, it, make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And you got to think about, what if Abraham didn't go? We wouldn't have any Isaac. We wouldn't have any Jacob. And then God actually became known as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then what kind of things are we in when, when, we, when we put ourselves into the story? I know we're not worshiping a moon god called Nanar, but what are we worshiping money? Are we worshiping your job or your spouse? And then why do we not go to what God wants us to go? It could be a fear of failure. It could be a fear of ridicule. It can be make you feel uneasy. Or also just procrastination. How many people are procrastinators? I am huge procrastinator. I know like, I have to get my, my kids up for school in the morning. And Sometimes we get up like 10 minutes before we got to be at the door. And I'm just like, get dressed. I don't care if you're wearing socks, underwear, just put clothes on, grab a Fruit Loop or, you know, anything. We're getting out the door because I'm just like, I don't care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just saying a, a uh, fruit by the foot to me is breakfast because it's part of the... <laughs> huh? The pyramid. It's, it's in the pyramid. <laughs> but then, sometimes we got to learn that, you know, we're not changed by making promises to God. 
but we are changed by believing God's promises to us. How many people pray to God sometimes, like when you're got, you young guys, when you're taking a test, and you're like, Lord, just please let me pass this test because I didn't study at all. Those things won't change you. <laughs> but if you look at the, the, the God's promises to us, because that's what Abraham's saying. He's not, he's not saying, because I'm sure Abraham's like, first of all, you know, how, how is this going to happen? You know, how are you going to make a great nation through us? Instead, he just went through faith. And later on in, in Hebrews, you actually read it, you know, by faith, Abraham went. Uh, another time that, you know, God spoke to an Old, uh, an Old Testament uh, person was when he was talking to Moses. And Moses is like a guy that I identify with a lot because Moses likes to argue with God. And, and sometimes I do that same thing. Um, and this is in Exodus and I'm going to be reading from a translation of the Bible called The Message. It's a really cool uh, translation where it actually reads as a story. And it says, it's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered, God, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? And then Moses raised another objection to God. Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you. Um, before or after you spoke to me. And then he actually says, you know, I stutter and stammer. God said, and who do you think made the human mouth? Who makes some mute, some deaf, some sighted, some blind? Isn't I God? So get going. So basically God's saying, I don't care. Get going. I'll be right there with you. You know, he's even saying, I'll be with your mouth. I'll be right there to teach you what to say. And sometimes right before I come up, I actually talk to God, and I'm just like, Lord, just please give me the ability to, to speak your message clearly so people understand it. And so I can, I can identify with Moses, because I'm always like, when I get nervous, um, I start to sweat, as you can see now. <laughs> but God's just saying, all you got to do is just obey me. Just go. And then the two things that basically I want you to do is you need to love God, you need to love me, and you need to love people. And then when I uh, got to thinking about that, on uh, last Sunday, my son actually professed his faith. And he, uh, he said, Dad, I want, you know, it's time for me. I want to get baptized. And so we went through the, um, you know, the prayer that we needed to do. And then he actually called on his buddy, Sawyer, uh, Lily, who actually came up to him and said, hey, if you want somebody to walk with you, I'm going to walk up front with you. Because I was all ready to go up. I was like, Cole, whenever you're ready, I'll walk you up. And he said, no, Dad, Sawyer's going to do it. And I thought, that is so awesome because that's what we need in our life. We need to rely on our church friends to help us out. And so you see it as two nine-year-olds that they're living out that thing. And, and sometimes you're just like, man, you know, that, that's awesome faith to have that kind of friendship. But we need to ask ourselves, what's your story, story going to be like? Are you going to say, by faith I decided to go? Or by fear I decided to stay? But ask yourselves, what does God want in your life? Where is he telling you to go? And as Chris and the guys come up to close out the service, what step of faith 
is God wanting you to take? Is it more family time? That's something I struggle with every day because my wife and I, we actually split shifts. You know, is that something that you need to be looking into getting a new job? And then sometimes we're like, I'm probably not going to get that job anyway, so I'm not even going to apply for it. It's so easy just to stay when it's so, you know, when it's easy to stay, but when God says, no, you need to go, it might be hard, and you might hit it out of the park with that job interview and get the job. Maybe you want to be in your family life more spiritually if God's calling you to be the spiritual leader for that. Or maybe he's saying you need to start a ministry or to join a ministry. We have a ton here going. We got a lot of small groups uh, for you college-age kids. Chris is actually getting a new one going up on Wednesday. Um, We have a lot of marriage groups. I'm telling you right now, if you go back and you look at the small groups, you'll find one that will fit you. And if you don't, start one. You could be like, I want to start a prayer group with people who love Legos. And we're going to stand around and we're going to build Legos and then we're going to pray while we do it. You can start it. Uh, VBS is coming up. I know Beth is looking for a lot of help for that. If you feel like God's leading you to say, hey, I want you to get more involved. There's an opportunity right there. Sometimes all you got to do is just keep kids in line, make sure they make it from point A to point B. That's easy. But if anything doesn't stick with you tonight, listen to this next thing I say because this is very important. If you're going to have anything to write down, write this down. You don't need to have enough faith to finish where God's telling you to go. You just need enough to take that first step. Because if you're ever going to walk on water, you need to get out of the boat. And if you look back, a lot of time God's is telling people, go there, go there. You know, Jesus, get away from your carpentry. You have a mission ahead of you. And what's Jesus tell all the disciples? Go, go become fishers of men. And I'm sure he told Sawyer when that Sunday when uh, Sawyer found out that Cole was wanting to walk up front. And trust me, Cole was freaking out about walking up front. If anybody knows my kids, he's the least outgoing of all of them. He's very reserved, very held back. And I think it's awesome that God used one of his best little buddies here in church to say, hey, if you want somebody to walk with you, you can lean on me and we'll walk up together. And that's awesome. And that's something that I hope that you guys can take and you can find somebody in church just to say, you know, God's put it on my heart that I know you're probably struggling with something. And I just want to pray for you. I call them like little God bumps. Have you ever just been sitting around and you're just like, somebody just came up in your mind and you're just like, man, I need to pray for those people. Not only do it, but call them up and tell them or even pray with them. I challenge you, the next time somebody says that they're going through something and they say, hey, will you pray for me because I'm struggling with this part of my life? Instead of just saying, yeah, I'll put you down on a prayer list. You know, I'll pray for you. Actually stop and pray with them. 
or another challenge. If you're out to eat, how many people go out to eat? I know everybody at Burlington does because I always see you guys out and about. Next time you're out to eat and the waitress comes over, ask her, be like, what can I pray for you about, you know, as I'm blessing my food? I've done it and it's amazing because a lot of times I've had a lot of waitresses start crying because they're just like, they're struggling with something and they're just like, wow, God brought this person into my life to pray for me. It's really easy to do. Next time you're out to eat, just say, hey, I'm going to bless the food and I want to pray for you. I'm just going to set out this chunk of time for you. And as Chris and these guys are getting ready to uh, play these last couple songs, there's different ways you can respond tonight if you felt led. We have communion off to the sides here if you want to come up with your family and just think back and just thank God and thank Jesus for the sacrifice that he's made for us. If you felt led to, to donate financially, Todd brought these buckets up here. You know, you can feel free to drop something in here just to say, you know, God, you blessed me with this, so I'm going to give it back. And then one of my most favorite things, I know I say it every time, is the altar. You know, we have two sides here. Um, it's amazing when you can get down on your hands and knees and just pray to God and just leave it at the altar. If you're sitting there and you're just like, I got so much burden on my shoulders, I can't get it off. Get down on your hands and knees, put your face down and leave it at the altar because this altar is where your life gets altered. Because there's no reason to, to carry around uh, guilt or shame. Because that's, that's what God talks about. That, that's, what, that's what grace is all about. Grace is about being forgiven and they're gone. Because when you hold on to something that you've been forgiven for, you're cheapening the, the, his grace. Because God said, I've already let it go. Why are you still beating yourself over it? Come up here and just leave it at the altar. And most importantly, thinking back to Cole, if anybody here tonight doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I beg you, beg you, beg you to talk to somebody tonight. I'll be standing up here uh, while these two songs are playing. If you want to come up, I'm just like, John, I don't know anything about Jesus Christ. You know, I came here for the awesome music to see Rob Metheny slap the bass because he's all over Facebook talking about it. It's great. But I'm interested. You know, what is this? Who's this Jesus guy? Come up and talk to me. There's so many people up here. You can talk to anybody on the stage. If you guys will bow your heads, I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this wonderful weather tonight. I thank you for each person that's in this place. That they take, took out time of their weekend to celebrate with you and just give you praise and worship. Lord, I know a lot of us are in many different parts of our life. Some of us are in the beginning stages where we're just starting these new disciplines. Maybe we want to need to read the Bible a little bit more. And other people are past that stage and they're actually figuring out what's hindering themselves from walking their Christian walk. And some of them are just fulfilling that call to stay in church and to stay in prayer. 
But tonight, I just ask you to, to put it on their heart, to show them where you want them to go. It could be something in their personal life that they need to, to take care of. It could be spiritually. most importantly, Lord, if nobody, if anybody in here doesn't know you, just put it on their heart to get them to go out of the pew when it's so easy to stay back there and be that white knuckle Christian and hold on to the pew because to fight back those feelings of walking forward and just publicly professing Christ's love and then their, their decision to worship you. Just give them to stand up and walk out and come up here to the front of the stage or give a, a little God bump to their neighbor to say hey I see them struggling just put your arm around them and say if you need me to walk up forward with you I will I just thank you for the message and I thank you for this service and it's in your name we pray amen